battle is back. It's me, Daniel Levy, your host. We're going to be talking UFC 204, Bisping versus Henderson. This is the 100th episode of Half the Battle, so thank you everybody for sticking with me for 100 episodes. And for all the new fans, thank you too. Joining me to break down UFC 204, we got the Texecutioner in the house, James Vick, and the MMA Handicapper of the Year, Sean Carey. And in about 10 minutes, we'll be joined by UFC Bantamweight, Albert Morales. James Vick, welcome to Half the Battle, bro. What's up, man? I'm glad to be back. I appreciate you uh, having me on for the 100th episode. And I know I was the first, I, I believe I was the first UFC fighter you had on the show. So it's an honor to come back always. Absolutely, man. It's, uh, it's great to have you back on the show. We got a lot to talk about. We got the MMA Handicapper of the Year, Sean Carey in the house. Sean, welcome back to the show, bro. Oh, I'm glad to be here, Daniel. Always fun. Absolutely, man. I know you got some strong positions tonight, so I can't wait to talk about these fights. And first up, in <laughs> yeah, the, you can say that. <laughs> in the lightweight division, we got Adriano Martins. He's minus two twenty, and the comeback on Leo Santos is plus one eighty. Now, both these guys are jujitsu world champions, and both of them are vets, man. I mean, Leo Santos has been fighting since back in, I believe, the Pride days. I thought, I think he fought a uh, Takanori Gomi back in the day, and man, I mean. He's really come a long way. He's still fresh. You know, that last fight against Kevin Lee, he really surprised me, man, because, you know, we always knew he had great jiu-jitsu abilities, but now, uh, you know, he established his jab. He had a blast double in there. He took the back of Kevin Lee, and then he knocked him out in the first round. So I was very impressed with Leo Santos in his last fight. But I got to tell you, man, Adriano Martins is no slouch at all. You know, he's a good southpaw. His counter right hook is the nastiest thing I've ever seen in my life, and he slept a couple people in the UFC with it. He gets you to extend, and then he bangs that right hook, and he puts people down. And man, uh, if they grapple, it's obviously going to be interesting, but I think Adriano has a significant advantage on the feet, and I think uh, that's going to aid him to victory here. Even though the line could be a little bit closer, I have to agree with the odds makers, and I got Adriano Martins. James Vick, who you got, man? Yeah, and I have Martins as well. I think it's... Um... I think he's and he's so big and strong for the division, and it's uh, he, he's hard to deal with, man. You, uh, he's a oh, he's got a good uh, right hook as you was talking about, which a lot of southpaws don't have that weapon, and he does, and he's so versatile, big, he, big, strong guy, great wrestling. I mean, he took down, he fought uh, what's his name, Rustov, the the Sambo Russian guy. You know, took him down a couple of times, I believe, when when they fought. So he, he can take down a lot of good people. Has a good offensive wrestling game. Um, really good heavy hands and counter shots, and just um, really, I think the only way that you can a lot of people could beat him is if they outworked him on the feet. If they stuff the takedowns and they just outworked them volume wise, and I don't see Leo Santos doing that. So yeah, I'm going with Martinez for sure. Even in his only setback, I mean, he was doing really good against Cerrone, and he got caught with that head kick out of nowhere, which would have put anyone down. But, man, I thought he uh, put up a valiant effort up until that point. Sean, you got uh, Adriano Martins or Leo Santos? Oh, it's tough. I think I've got Martins. Here's the thing, like, you know, semi-unrelated, but two fights ago I saw Musasi kind of turn the corner. He came out confident. Like, he, he was definitely not going to lose the fight more aggressive, uh, very accurate. And, and honestly, I saw the same kind of thing from Leo Santos. Did, did he turn a corner in that last fight? Is this a different guy? Is he finally, he's finally putting it all together? You can't really look at one fight and, and assume that. But we've seen things like that happen. If you take their previous fights up to this point, Martins is a better fighter. 
Uh, Martins is everything that James just said as, as well. He is huge. He does have a, a great counter right hook. Uh, he's powerful. He's got good timing. He's the overall better guy. I think the wrestling cancels each other out. But if Leo Santos is, is peaking and this is a different guy, then this is a super close fight. And, and we know that Martins can be stopped. So it, it's interesting. Um, I'm not a fan of that price. But, uh, yeah, I'll pick Martins. Yeah, and it should be mentioned that, you know, it's been a long time since Leo Santos has faced defeat, but at the same time, you know, a lot of people thought he did drop that fight to Norman Park. You know, there was a point deduction due to short grab, but like you said, Sean, now he could be entering his peak, so I'm very curious to see uh, who looks better on Saturday night. And next up, in the welterweight division, we got Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts. He's minus 130, and the comeback on Mike Platinum Perry is plus 110. Now, I saw Danny Hot Chocolate fight at UFC 197, and he got the fight of the night. And uh, the kid's a stud, man. You know, he's from the UK, and in his in his UFC debut, he got taken down by a D1 wrestler, and he tapped him out with a triangle choke. That, to me, was uh, was very, very impressive. The biggest knock on Danny Hot Chocolate, in my opinion, is he is a bit of a slow starter, and with Mike Platinum Perry, the guy's got serious knockout power. I, I believe uh, the two of the three of us called uh, Perry's last fight against Hyung Yu Lim. All of us picked Hyung Yu Lim, and then Perry went out there and knocked him out in the first round. So this guy can bang. You know, it's funny. Perry kind of reminds me of like a redneck version of Tyron Woodley. You know, he's short, he's stocky, he's compact, and he can knock dudes out. But, uh, you know, I don't know how his cardio is past the first round. So I think that if Danny Hot Chocolate gets settled into the fight, he can take over here. But he's got to be very wary in the first two minutes. Uh, James Vig, what do you think, man? Danny Hot Chocolate or Mike Perry? Yeah, I don't really know a lot about either one of these guys. I've only seen bo- really both of them fight one time each. But I'm going to go with Danny. Um, I-, I don't really, like I said, I don't know a lot about Perry. And I didn't feel like I've seen enough. I felt like he caught, you know, he caught him and landed a good shot. And like you said, I mean, for for Danny's a triangle, a D1 wrestler is a, is a serious you know, serious feat in the UFC because a lot of these wrestlers, you know, really all you need – to, for a D1 wrestler, all a lot of these D1 wrestlers need is about a high blue belt, lower purple belt. Not for black belts, majority of black belt submissions just stifle them and survive and win, win on the ground Being if they're on top. And that was impressive for him to do that. Um, and, you know, I just don't know enough about these guys, so I'm going to have to go with the favorite. Sean Carey, who you got, bro? Yeah, um, I'm going to take Roberts. I, I don't think very much of Perry. Before the limb fight, when you go through and study him, he's a real hittable guy. He doesn't ha- doesn't look to have a great gas tank, uh, and he gets stunned by the majority of shots that hit him clean. He gets dropped a lot too. Uh, he just didn't get hit by Lim in that fight. I almost bet Lim inside the distance. I took just fight doesn't go the distance instead, so that that worked out well. But uh, you know, Perry has not shown me anything. He he can punch hard. He's the one who landed first in that fight. Good for him. He, he won that cleanly. But now he's fighting a, a definitely more well-rounded guy. Roberts is definitely the better striker. And on the ground, he's dangerous. Uh, sub-wise, I don't trust Perry. I don't trust Perry's camp. I don't trust Perry's cardio. Uh, if he doesn't go out there and get a quick knockout, he's in trouble. I think he'll get exploited down the stretch and eventually knocked out by Roberts. 
Yeah, and we're going to mix up the order a little bit because I want uh, Albert Morales to talk about some of these bantamweight fights. It's in his division. So we'll go to the heavyweight division now. We got the tallest man in the heavyweight division, Stefan Struve. He's minus 175, and he's taking on Daniel Omolanchuk, who's plus 155. And uh, Daniel's coming in on, on short notice. Initially, it was supposed to be our boy uh, Ruslan Magomedov, but you know if he had a pull out of this fight, it must have been serious. So, man, Stefan Struve, you know... For the longest time, we've been wanting him to use his range, use his reach, and I think finally he's doing it in some of his fights. You know that fight with Noguera? He used his range. The fight with Bigfoot, he knocked him out right away. So, I mean, this fight, Danny O, Danny Omolanchuk, he's got a good chin, man. He's never been put down in the UFC, but then again, there is a first for everything. He's a durable guy, but he's got a suspect gas tank. So, what I'm thinking is that if Struve goes out there and establishes that range, which he should do, I think he can drop him maybe with a nice knee and then take his back and choke him out in the second round. So I'm going to go with Stefan Struve here, but obviously not a confident pick because, you know, would you be that surprised if Stefan let us down again? So, James, I mean, who you got, bro? Struve or Omelanchuk? No, I'm going with Struve. Um, he, I think he's fought the, the way high, so much more high, high caliber of guys. And he's, you know, he's a veteran and he has a lot of, uh, not just MMA experience, you know, he has a lot of UFC experience. He's had several fights inside there and I, he's so big. And like you said, he does let us down from time to time, but uh, I think this is a good matchup for him for sure. And he's had a full camp. He's fresh. He, he didn't take the final short notice. So like the other guy has, so I think he's good to go. Sean Carey. Yeah, this is a tough one too. Cause anybody can get to uh Struve. He's got that tall guy defense. <laughs> no, no offense, James. Not all tall guys have bad defense. Um, but sh- sh- short gas tank, or you know, no, no uh, full camp, short notice, bad gas tank. That's a that's a recipe for disaster. I think the the thing about Struve is um, the knock on him is he can't use his range, and he should use his range. And then we've been seeing him use his range a little bit more, and 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 start to understand it. Uh, didn't really have a chance to show us much in a Bigfoot fight. That's because he was clobbering Bigfoot. Um, I think that Struve can keep his distance, stay out of trouble, not get knocked out long enough for Danny O's gas tank to disappear, and then it's it's all Struve from that point forward. You know, overs in this fight and the fight going the distance is definitely interesting. For sure. And I'm adding Albert Morales now. Albert Morales, what's up, man? It's Daniel from Half the Battle. What's up, brother? How you guys doing? Doing awesome. It's me, James Vick, and Sean Carey. What's up, guys? How you doing, man? How you doing, buddy? Doing all right, man. Just chilling outside of uh, In-N-Out, just staring at all these guys eating. (laughs) Killing. (laughs) There you go, man. Well, dude, we got to talk about Mirsad Bektik. He's minus 800, and he's taking on Russell Doan who's plus 550. Now, Russell Doan, I mean, this guy's a total badass. He's he's a bantamweight moving up to featherweight on less than a week short notice to take this fight. So much respect to him. And uh, Mirsad Bektik, you know, he is a minus 800 favorite. The number is a bit wide, but the reason is because, I mean, this kid's no slouch at all. You know, his last fight against Lucas Martins, granted it was last May. I mean, he showed signs of, uh, you know, that blast double. It reminded me of GSP a little bit. You know, he's always had great grappling. He had a really good fight with our boy Chas Skelly. 
which, uh, you know, Chaskelly knocked him out in the second round, but it was an illegal knee, so the ref let uh, Mirsad recover. And then Mirsad, after being knocked out in the second round, actually went on to take down Chaskelly in the last round and win the majority decision. So that's the kind of heart we're dealing with with uh, Bektik. And Russell Doan is a stud, too. His last fight with Pedro Munoz, even though he got tapped out in the first round, man, he was busting up Pedro Munoz with those kicks the entire time. And then, you know, that that guillotine, uh, it, it's no... Uh, it's no fault to, to Russell Doan. I mean, it was more credit to Pedro Munoz because you don't really train for those setups. It was just an unbelievable move. And in this spot, man, I think Mirsad Bektik is going to be too physical for him. I think he's going to take him down. And I think uh, at some point within the, the late first, early second, he's going to pound him out. But once again, man, much respect to Russell Doan. I played the under 2.5 at plus 125 in the spot. Now, Albert, man. You know, Russell Doan's in your division, but he's moving up to 145 on less than a week's short notice to fight Mirsad Bektik. You think it's going to go well for him? Um, I hope so, so he can stay out of my division. <laughs> um, no, I, I really don't. I, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, it'll be too much for him. Not only is, is not only is he moving up, but he's you know he's fighting one hell of a fighter. Um, Russell's dope, man. Russell's really tough. Um, we, we share the same management. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean I'm going for him or anything like that. I'm just rooting for him. Uh, I hope he does well go- going up to 45. But, yeah, I remember that fight with Pedro Munoz. Uh, he was beating the crap out of Pedro Munoz, in my opinion. You know, Pedro's actually a good friend of mine, too. One of, you know, one of the only guys I'm cool with in my division. But um, And I'll fight that guy, too. But um, Russell Dunn was actually winning that fight and, and, and just got caught slipping, man, with a... Dude, I remember when that happened, man. It was, it was, it was, I've never seen anybody jump a guillotine from the back, so... I know it wasn't exactly. I know there's a move they call it, but dude, from what I saw, was a dude jumping from the back to a guillotine. So I don't. I, I've never heard of anybody going from back to front. So that was pretty cool. So um, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely don't uh, see Russell coming up on top, but um, I'm rooting for him. I wouldn't put my money on it. Yeah, I mean, I put my money on the under. Now, James Vick, I mean, the last time uh, Mirsad fought, it was a while ago. He had an ACL surgery since then, but he took the proper amount of time off. And uh, word on the street is that he's looking better than ever. So you think he's going to come back looking as good as, if not better, than uh, his last performance, James? I'm not sure he's going to look that good. I mean, ring rest does exist, whether fighters want to admit it or not. You can shake it off and do very well with it and still perform, but... It, to a degree, it does exist. I mean, obviously, it doesn't mean he's not going to win more. And I, I'm definitely picking him to win. I, I mean, um, Russell Dawn's moving up uh, with a whole weight class and taking the fight on a week notice. I just think it's a it's a big mountain for him to climb, and I, I just don't see him winning, honestly. Sean Kay. Yeah, and, and Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and, and you know, it, it almost – Seems kind of like a desperate move for him because you know it's three back-to-back losses and then coming up to 45. Man, it's a lot of pressure to put on your back, dude. But you know, more props to him. Yeah, I like I like Bactus too. I would love to see him move into the role that we've kind of thought up for him. But but as of right now, that's a projection by us, and he hasn't really been that guy. Injury plays a part in that too. But he seems to have all the talent, but I don't, I don't know what we really know. I know that we do know that a long layoff versus a, a super aggressive guy is usually a bad combo and can make for a pretty sweaty situation. Uh, like Albert just said, you know, three fights, uh, three losses back against the wall, super aggressive in that last fight. If he comes out super aggressive looking like he did in that last fight, against a rusty Bektich who isn't ready to jump immediately into the fire, 
this could be a tough first round for Bektich, and, and who knows? I know that price is way, way, way overboard, way overboard. He's definitely better. He's definitely better than, than Doan moving up and on short notice, too. I get it, but, man, you got to watch those first three minutes in this situation right here because he's going to come out firing, and, and if Bektich wants to take it slow and be comfortable, he's not going to get a chance, and who knows what that turns into. But, you know, Bektich should win, but that's a dangerous one. Yeah, and I mean, if you're doing a, you know, parlays, minus 800 doesn't really add much value to it. So you got to look elsewhere. That's what I did. So I'm hoping uh, someone gets finished in under two and a half because you got one guy with the ring rust. He's going to most likely gas out at some point. And then the other guy, who knows what kind of shape he was in because, I mean, me and Russell, he was on my show uh, two weeks ago and we were talking about Hawaiian cuisine. So I don't know uh, what kind of shape either guy's in, man, but I'm pumped for the fight regardless. Next up in the welterweight division, Albert Tumenov is minus 265, and Leon Edwards is plus 225. I love this fight, man. Striker versus striker. And uh, Albert Tumenov. Yeah, Albert Tumenov's no slouch at all. You know, I know he gets a lot of uh, slack for his last fight against Gunny Nelson, but listen, man. Prior to that fight, we were all calling for Gunner to drop to 155. Then all of a sudden, he looks like a welterweight in his last fight. You know, uh, he's been spending a little bit of time with a uh, Conor McGregor strength and conditioning coach, if you know what I mean. So I don't, I don't fault Albert for losing that fight at all. But in this spot, man, striker versus striker. You know, Leon Edwards is a he's a surgical striker. He's one of these guys that he's really good at the hand fighting, the touch and go, the slip and rip. He he uh, changes stances a lot. He's really good with his range. The guys that have given him problems are the guys that grapple him. And interestingly enough, with Albert Tumenov, whenever he has had a striker versus striker matchup, aside from the Juban fight, which we know Juban is known for his slow starts, think about the fight with uh, Musoki and the fight with Larkin. Those were razor-close fights. So if Leon's been watching the film, maybe he could uh, make it uh, be a close decision here. But I do think the forward pressure of Albert Tumenov and the, the combinations, you know, when, when a guy likes to keep his range and be pretty, you got to get up in his face and uh, throw a lot of combinations. Now, James, I know that you don't often uh, pick against Russians, and I'm assuming you're keeping that trend going here. Yeah, uh, it's hard to pick against them. I mean, they they have a history. Uh, majority of them do have a history of winning. I mean, like I'm, you know, it's, <laughs> but they're tough motherfuckers. They win. I mean, they really do. And uh, they're honestly they're they're trained that way. You know, it's most of these guys have been training in combat sports since they were kids, and he's no different. I think that I mean, I believe he was a a boxing champion in the military or something like that. Yeah, and. I'm I'm pretty high on him. I was surprised Gunnar Nelson was able to just take him down and work him like that. I mean, Gunnar Nelson is obviously a very high grappler, high level grappler. You know, with with, with also really good wrestling for a jiu-jitsu guy as well. But that surprised me a little bit. But I, I'm pretty high on, to, uh, on him on Tomenov. I think he, I think he's he's pretty good. Obviously, he had holes in his game that got exposed. But I just with another striker, I think he has a great chance with any strikers at 170 if they if they're willing to stand with them. And, um, I mean, like you said, the Larkin fight was very close and it could have went to Larkin. And I think that was more of a, really more of an athletic thing than a, than a technical thing. I think Chimenov was more technically sound. He just wasn't the athlete Larkin is, which no one in that division is the athlete Larkin is. So I'm, yep. I'm with him, obviously. Of course, I'm going with him for sure. Sean Carey? Yeah, I, I like Tumenov in this spot. And Edwards is good. And let's go ahead and call this striker striker versus striker. But it would not shock me if Edwards tried to throw some takedowns here. The problem with this is is that Edwards is not does not have enough volume to get Tumenov's respect early enough. 
once Tumanov sees that he can come forward with not a lot coming back at him, he's going to start thinking. He's going to start setting things up. Then all of a sudden, it's left hook to the body, right head, or right, right straight to the head, left high kick. Those three punch combinations that he wheels off, always anchored with that body shot. He throws mean ones. That's only going to make Edwards think more think of where to cover up, and then all of a sudden you've got this angry Russian coming at you, sizing you up, hitting you with accurate combos. That's not a good look for Edwards. Um, If Edwards had more volume and was more aggressive, this would be a closer fight. I don't think it's going to be close. I think Tumanoff is going to steamroll him, knock him out late first, early second. Albert? Yeah, same here. Tumanoff is just going to be too much for him. Like We all know like Leon Edwards is definitely – an athletic guy. He's definitely he's probably going to be more athletic than Tumanov, but he's not as, as athletic as uh, Lorenz Larkin or anything like that. So it's nothing that Tumanov hasn't faced yet. And I just think the forward pressure, the the, the different strikes, and, and I just think he's going to hit harder than him. He's going to hit. He's going to hurt Edwards early. Edwards is going to shoot for a takedown, and get stuffed and get smashed. Um, you know, it, it, it might be fun at, for like the first couple of minutes. We'll see a little bit of playing around or something like that. But as soon as the, uh, Albert starts putting that pressure on, I think he's going to fold. Next up, the bantamweight division. We got Rob Font. He's minus 325. And the comeback on Ian Entwistle is plus 265. Now, I mean, Ian Entwistle, he's uh, one of these leg lock guys, you know. And we all know the deal with the leg lock guys. It's either they get the leg lock or they quit. And I'm not talking about, you know, someone who has leg lock attacks in their arsenal. I'm talking about the guys that are strictly leg lock guys. I mean, you guys know them in the gym. Uh, if they don't get that leg lock, they get super discouraged. Now with um, Ian Entwistle, he's never been past the first round, not just in his UFC career, in his MMA career. It literally is first round leg lock or bust. So, I mean, Rob Font, I, I mean, he's a rangy striker for the division. Uh, he can knock dudes out. He went the distance with John Lineker, which is impressive. Uh, he, he's a good fighter, man. And I, I've been high on him for a while. So, I mean, I think he avoids the leg lock, and I think he knocks out Entwistle in the first round. But if he doesn't, he'll get tapped in the first round. So, for me, I'm taking a look at that under one and a half. Uh, I know it's minus 210, but I think that's the perfect parlay leg for uh, for this fight because I don't think it's going past the first round. Now, Albert, I mean, this is your weight class, man. And it's funny because Ian Entwistle has something in common with you. His last fight... He fought Alejandro Perez. Your last fight, you fought Alejandro Perez. The only difference is Ian got knocked out in the first round, and uh, you you beat him by decision, in my opinion. So, who you got, man? Rob Fawn or Ian Entwistle? Um, I hate picking my division. Um, I got Ian just for the fact that I just think I, I think he'll catch him in the first. Um, Rob's. I don't know. I don't think I don't think too highly of Rob either, man. I don't think too highly of anybody in the division. So it's kind of hard <laughs> asking me about him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he is definitely a lanky fighter. But I think you know that that's also, that also gives Ian a bigger a bigger target to reach. You know, and especially with the leg lock game, I'm pretty sure he's been working. Some I, I think I, I think it's crap that that's all he has. It's kind of weird that he's in the UFC just based off that. I understand he finishes people, but come on, man, nobody wants to see that. Nobody really cares about that. Nobody really understands that. Like you know, fans we do, but uh, I'm 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 not too big on it because as soon as I stuff that, I'm gonna smash you in the face. So hopefully Rob can do it, man. But but I don't I don't see it happening. I don't think Rob's gonna have enough. Um, well, the thing is, all he has to do is defend it. So I don't know. I, I still got Ian in the first. Interesting, man. I didn't expect that. James Vick, man. Who you got? Rob Font or Ian Entwistle? Um, I, I'm going with Rob Font. Um, I, I agree with what he was just saying. You know, uh, it's ridiculous. A dude's in the UFC and he only has one move. But I mean, there's just 
certain moves like that leg locks are one of them. If you don't know how to fend them, you're, you're going to get caught every time in them. And, and you, you, you're forced to tap or, or it's, the other option is blow your ACL out and have surgery and be out for a year. Um, but, you know, remember when Conor McGregor said that about Ryan Hall on the, uh, the Ultimate Fighter? He said, this dude's a, a specialist, and in my opinion, specialist just means he sucks at everything else. And I agree with, <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that statement. You know, I mean, I don't know that this guy we're talking about. I, I've never even seen him fight, but if, if – if, just going off of what you said, I have seen Rob fight, uh, Rob fought, fight a couple of times. Going off what you said, um, if if that's really what he all he has is that's the majority of his his first round finishes by leg lock. Then I mean it's possible because Rob Font, you know, he is a tall, thin guy for the division, so he does have, um, you know, the smaller probably bone structure, so probably easier to catch in leg locks and stuff like that. But surely, you know, he if he's had adequate time for a camp and stuff, they, they've addressed that, and hopefully he can he can. But I I think that I'm going to go with him just on the fact that I, I know him better and I've seen him fight a few times as well. Yeah, and you brought up the fact that, you know, has he been addressing that in training camp? And that's a great point, and he has, because uh, he brought in uh, Joe Lozon, who is a fellow Bostonian, and we know Joe Lozon is good with his uh, jiu-jitsu for MMA. So I think that's the perfect guy to train with for this fight. Sean Carey, I mean, the tail of Ian Entwistle, like we said, man, he either gets that leg lock or he quits. Which one's it going to be? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be quit. He... You know what? I like leg lock stuff. I like leg lock guys. It's it's like a weird, exotic, sudden way to finish a fight where it looks like he doesn't have it, then all of a sudden he's got it and it's over. And you know what? Ian Entwistle, if you don't get it, you don't start crying to the ref that the guy is greased. You don't just hold on to it with both hands and let the guy pound you in the face forever until the ref stops it. Uh, that was definitely a quit job his last time out. And like these two guys said, like, you can't just only have that. That does that doesn't make any fucking sense to just have the one thing. You know, like I said, they're exotic, but that was once upon a time. Now, it's a hot thing in 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 Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. People are into it. People know it. People know how to get out of it. It's over. It's not a surprise attack anymore. These guys are defending those. And if that's all you got, you're fucked. Uh, and on top of that, Rob Font is pretty damn agile. He's he's very fleet of foot. He's got good footwork. When Entwistle pulls a, pulls Font down on him or rolls for that or goes for that, however he ends up going for that, he's not going to be there. He's going to limp leg out of it. He's going to get out. And Entwistle will, will quit on himself or get hit and turtle up and wait for the ref to quit for him. I, I don't like Entwistle. I think he, he needs to be done after he loses this fight. Font knockout first round. <laughs> Also, in the Bantamweight division, we got Yuri Alcantara. He's minus 165, and Brad Pickett is plus 145. Now, full disclosure, I am a hardcore Yuri Alcantara fan. I mean, this guy is a total badass. I mean, I remember back in the day, he beat Francisco Trinaldo. He uh, knocked out Ricardo Lamas. He beat Felipe Aranches. And this was back in the day, man. And, uh, yeah, this dude's, this dude's super fun to watch. You know, he's big for the weight class. He's about 5'9". And, uh, I mean, the flying knees, his front kick. The biggest issue with Yuri is that sometimes when he gets taken down, 
he kind of acts like he doesn't know how to get up. And I know damn well this guy knows how to get up because in other of his fights, he's uh, sweeping dudes. Uh, I've seen him go with that Kimura sweep before. I've even uh, seen him tap dudes out with triangle chokes. And more importantly, I've seen him knock people out, including the last time he went to Europe when he knocked out Von Lee in 25 seconds. Now, Brad Pickett, obviously, he's a legend. I mean, how can you not love Brad Pickett? He comes to bang every single time. The biggest advantage Brad Pickett has in this fight, in my opinion, is the wrestling. And it's, it's funny to say that about a Brad Pickett fight because you know him as the guy that stands and bangs, but you recall his last fight against Cisco Rivera. And, you know, the first round, Cisco drops him. And we all know with Cisco, it's not that big of a deal if he drops you because he's going to help you back up and high five and hug you. So that's why I always bet, <laughs> that's why I always bet against Cisco. But uh, yeah, so in that fight, that's what happened. Then the next two rounds, Brad uh, was able to get him down and win uh, two of the three rounds. Now, I hear a lot of people's analysis of this fight, and they're basically saying Yuri's going to win the first round, second round's going to be close, and then Brad's going to win the third round. To me, that just sounds like they're replaying the Francisco... Uh, Rivera fight in their heads and they're just scripting that for this fight I think this is a completely different fight and believe it or not I actually think uh, Yuri is going to get Brad Pickett out of there and I think he's going to do it relatively early I think he's going to rush him with a big combo maybe a flying knee a big right hand a big straight left and I think he's going to put him down in the first round in England and uh, much respect to Pickett but I think Yuri's going to get this done man so James who you got man Yuri Alcantara or Brad Pickett yeah, I'm going with Yuri as well. I think he he um he his southpaw style is he's uh it's he's real slick. He is a southpaw, right? I'm, we're talking about the same guy, right? Yep, yep, yeah. Okay, yeah, and, I, and he's the one who just recently he recently lost uh, uh, the little the dude who just beat Favor, right? Yeah, Jimmy Rivera. Yeah, he lost. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, like I said, uh, he, he he, I think that he's just. He don't take the damage Pickett has. Pickett's been in a lot of wars, and I mean, you can yes. only go through so many. And he's not getting any younger, and he's a he's an old man in a in a young division, with with, with where speed really matters. And like you said, I agree with you when when you say that that um, his best advantage in this fight would be his wrestling, because sometimes Yuri gets held, like you said, he gets held down, and he just don't get the hell up. He just like lays down on his back. But I think that. His southpaw style, he has good inside leg kicks, good body kicks, you know, good hands as well. And I think that, I think that he's going to win the fights. Um, either he's going to catch him and, and finish him, or he's going to win the decision. I just think that Pickett's, I mean, I hate to be a hater, but I think he's on his way out. I think he's, he's just taking too much damage and the clock's ticking for him. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, Albert, I know you'll fight anyone in your weight class, including these two, but I know you got to respect these two guys. I mean, they're uh, somewhat pioneers for the bantamweight division. Definitely, and you know it's funny, these both these guys. This is, I'm so stoked for this fight. I, I can finally say that about a bantamweight fight because these, you know, these are guys that I looked up to growing up. Um, I would love to, I would, I would love to fight either one of them just to say I did it. You know, you know, it'd be awesome to fight with guys. Um, with all respect. Uh, no, no trash talking any of that. Um, I, I'm with you. Um, like, like it, I think it's gonna finish in the first round, but I actually think Pickett might, 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 might take him out in the first round. I think it's gonna go. It's gonna start off really crazy, and Pickett's gonna hit him with that one punch. Especially being at home, I think he's gonna come with a little bit more fire. But I also agree with you at the same time because this is one uh, a scenario that I put in my head was I think um, Austin Draw was gonna come in with a flying knee or hit him something straight down the middle and put him to sleep. And um, you know, me and my dad were actually talking about this a couple of days ago. You know, Brad Pickett is you know it's just it's just kind of sucks that yeah we do think he's on his way out, man. He just he just came at at the wrong time of his career. You know, he's been he's been he's been through a lot of battles, man. Took a lot of hits, and and that does take a toll on you. 
But uh, I'm rooting for Brad Pitt. He's always been one of my favorites, and uh, I hope he gets that one punch in the first. Albert, if you had to pick one of them to fight, who who would it be, man? Oh, that's such a good one, dude. Um, pick it. Pick it, pick it, pick pick it. Be cool because I think I could, I'd be able to finish him a little bit faster. But I think, but I think I think Zuri would be a, a more of a, an exciting fight because I think with pick it would be a first round, and it, and if he survives the first, I think I'd be able to finish him off some, somewhere down the second. But you know, Yuri, man, it, it, we we'll, we'll fight three rounds, and 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 Yuri keeps coming. And like you see, his ground game, like it's not. I, I his ground game's dope, bro. Like. He's always shooting up stuff when 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 he wants to. So this, I don't know. He's a beast, man. They're both legends. I would love to fight both of them. You know, I think Gary would probably be more realistic at this point. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Prickett, you know, hopefully he'd retire after this fight. You know, that'd be cool to re- win and retire at home. Definitely. Now, uh, Yuri's actually been putting in work at Greg Jackson's for this camp, so we'll see how that pays off on fight night. Sean Carey, Brad Pickett or Yuri Alcantara? Oh, tough fight, man. I, you know, we've been talking about this one, Daniel. It, it, Alcantara at his most dangerous is very dangerous. Al, Alcantara at his worst is a guy who likes to take breaks. I don't think he's down there not knowing how to get up or acting like he doesn't know how to get up. He's down there taking a break. Uh, he is huge for this weight class. That could have something to do with it. it this first round is going to be fiery for sure. He's going to come forward. He's going to be throwing shots. And so we'll pick it. Pickett is so tough, though, and if he survives his first round without getting 10 aided, um, like like you said, like you were talking about, Daniel, the second round is close, and then Alcantara is looking to take breaks in the third, you're going to lose the decision in England. I, I think that's how this is going to go. I think it's going to be competitive, even though either guy could, could get to the other guy and get rid of him. I, I think that Pickett survives early, uh, keeps it close in the second possibly pulls that off and then does pull off the third, gets a split decision in England. OSP versus Jimmy Manuel. OSP is minus 155 and Jimmy Manuel is plus 135. Now, uh, OSP, man, I'm a big fan of him too. You know, he kind of reminds me of uh, the Alex Cowboy of the light heavyweight division, or you can say Alex Cowboy reminds me of the OSP of the lightweight division. But regardless, I see a lot of similarities in both their styles. You know, they're both big for the weight class. They're athletic, they're unorthodox. Sometimes it can look a little bit ugly when they fight, but they're super effective and they know how to get it done, especially in spots like this. You know, when they go up against a top five guy, that's when they've stumbled in the past. But in a spot like this, I think uh, OSB can take it. Now, I got a lot of respect for Jimmy Mano. He's a very clean striker. When it comes to just pure striking, he's definitely the cleaner guy, the crisper guy, maybe even the faster guy. But the biggest issue that I've noticed with Manoa is when it comes to, you know, ran, rounding out that full MMA game. I've only seen him, you know, have success in the striking department. You know, sometimes he busts dudes up in the clinch, but it seems like, and this is a credit to him, a lot of his wins have come from uh, his opponents getting injured. Now, I, I'm not going to discredit that at all because, I mean, just like uh, Alex Cowboy injuring Will Brooks last week, I mean, if you hit someone in the right spot and their rib breaks, it is what it is, man. That's part of the fight, right? Jimmy's definitely gotten a few people out of there. Now, the only fight he's had against someone currently in the UFC was a very close decision to Jan Blankovic. Man, OSP, I mean, he finished Nikita Krylov with a Von Fluchok, uh, that submission against Ryan Gimo, that was beautiful too. I, I feel like he's going to catch uh, Jimmy Manoa with something funky here. I, I really don't know what it's going to be, but I think he's going to take him down and uh, 
You know, it's it's not going to be some textbook jujitsu at all. It's going to be something that you've never seen before and might look a little ugly, but it's still going to win him the fight. So I got OSB here, man. Now, James, uh, when you beat Glaco Franca, OSB headlined the card against John Bones Jones, and he went all five with him, man, and now he's making his return here against Jimmy Manoa in England. So who you got? Yeah, I'm going with OSP, too, um, for the reasons you said. And, and it's funny, I think we've talked about this before, but you, like you said about Cowboy Oliveira, same thing with OSP about the freak injuries. You know what? Some guys have that ability. Like, they legitimately, like, they'll have 10 wins, and three of them will be by, by, by the other guy getting injured. They just have, like, there's guys in the gym, I'm sure, you know, Albert knows this. He, he's trained with them, I'm sure. Like, there's just some guys in the gym, they have, a, like, a freak ability to injure people. And you know, you know, as the guy in the gym, you know not to train with him. You know what I'm saying? You know not to train with those dudes. Like I, we used to have a guy named Austin that I used to train with, and every time I would train with this dude, like this dude legitimately broke a guy's neck in, in, in jiu class. Like legitimately fractured something in his neck, and he he had injured so many people, and everyone knew not to roll with him. And he had these hard dense bones, and it's just I really think OSP is one of those type of people. He's unorthodox, and his bones are hard and dense, and I think he's has an ability to injure people. And um, I, I think, like you said, I think he can probably take Jimmy Manoa down relatively easy. Um, like you, uh, Jimmy's probably a cleaner striker. Both of them have big power. Cleaner, more technical, Jimmy probably is, but he hasn't fought the competition that, that, that OSP has fought all around as well either. So I'm going with OSP. Albert Morales? Um. It's, this is, to me, this is this is definitely like my pick for like most excited fight, the one I'm most excited for because both these guys are you know coming. I think what both of them coming off a loss, pretty good losses too. You know, OSP coming off of John Jones, and uh, I forgot who Manuel's lost or what Manuel's coming off of. But Manuel's definitely a better striker, I think. Uh, OSP is way more unorthodox, but that you know that works for him because he's so he's kind of so big and goofy and like lands like crazy goofy smishes like that Von fluid. He, he's just and he's just strong, so I think it just kind of works with him. He's got like this weird style to him. Um, it, 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 this one's pretty tough for me, man. Um, I think I think Manuel's definitely the more technical striker. Him being a home, I just I think I honestly do. I'm just gonna go. With it. I think OSP is just gonna be a little bit too much. I think he catches him. I actually think he might knock him out just just because of just how how weird he is, man. You, you never know what you're gonna get with that guy. So I guess I'm gonna go with OSP. Sean Carey, you down with OSP? I guess I am. You know me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, as as flawed as as OSP is, he's he's probably on a level above Manoa. Um, he's way more athletic. That range is going to come into play. I think he's going to be too far away for Manoa to land heavy shots. Um, you got to question. You know, maybe both these guys' gas tanks, but you definitely got to question OSP's gas tank. I think this stays standing mainly. I think uh, it'll be a fun fight, but it's basically going to be OSP, long-range body kicks, uh, jumping in with pot shots, um, then eventually pinning Manu into the cage, maybe getting a takedown and working from there. But I, I, I want this fight to be exciting, but, I, you know, OSP has a problem pulling the trigger sometimes, too. I, he's going to stay at distance and, and look to rack up points that way, in my opinion. But uh, OSP for the win. The co-main event of the evening. This this fight's been a long time in the making, ever since uh, back in the Affliction days. Vitor Belfort versus Gegard Mousasi. Gegard's minus 345, and the comeback on Vitor Belfort 
is plus 285. Now, a few years back, if this was the line, I, I'd be taking that shot on Vitor all day. But, you know, Vitor, he's at the, at the end of his career. But, man, he's had an unbelievable career. You know, there's not many guys that you can say have fought in three different eras of the sport. I mean... You know, Vitor was knocking out Tank Abbott and Scott Ferrozo back in the day. Then he also competed with Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture. Then he also competed with uh, Luke Rockhold and Chris Weidman. So he's literally been in three different eras of the sport. So much respect to Vitor. But man, at this point in time, Gegard Mousasi's in his prime. And obviously, we always got to look out for the Vitor Belfort blitz. I mean, his signature blitz, even at this age, he can put anyone down if he catches them in the right spot. But uh, if he doesn't get that first round blitz, man, you know... Even back in the day, he would break, and I think he'd still break now with later age as well. You know, you saw in that Jacare fight, and credit to Jacare, but why was Vitor Belfort uh, pulling guard in that fight? You know what I mean? And also, he is a he's a Carlson Gracie black belt. In that Chris Wyden fight, he got full mounted, and he's not even, uh, you know, bucking off. He's not even pushing off his hips and trying to get a half guard or anything. He just accepted it and got pounded out. Now, that could be due to the fact that Chris Weidman is an absolute monster of a wrestler and grappler and just has unbelievable top control. But when I saw it happen twice, that's when I started to question, you know, why, you know, because this is a dude that he almost armbarred John Jones off his back just a few years back. Now he can't even retain a half guard. So, you know, that's a little sketchy to me. And Musasi is looking better than ever. He really turned a corner after the Uriah Hall fight. That, uh, that Talis latest fight. You know, it's interesting because outside of the UFC, he was fucking dudes up. But when, when it comes to the big show, you know, some dudes, you got you to gotta learn your craft. You got to figure it out. And I think that's what Musasi's doing now. He had a couple setbacks along the way, which happens to every great fighter. But now he's really putting it together. That latest fight and that Tiago Santos fight most recently. I mean, I think we're seeing someone that's primed for a title shot. And I think in this spot, he's going to go out there and finish the legend Vitor Belfort. So, yeah, I got Gegard Musasi inside the distance in this spot. And I think it's going to be a first round finish due to ground and pound. What do you think, James Vick? Yeah, I got. I'm a huge Masasi fan. He's one of my. He's probably one of my top five favorite fighters, for sure. For sure, actively fighting, but maybe ever. I, I just love his style, and I'm. A, you know, I'm a big fan of the Dutch Dutch kickboxing in general, and um, I, I think that, like you said, you do have to worry about Vitor early with his blitz and his 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 hand speed and power, but you know, Masasi has a good chin. He's really only been stopped. You know, I believe that one time by by Hall, as far as getting caught with with with, with a strike, yeah. he has a good chance. He has a good defense. He rolls with punches really well. It's weird he'll keep his hands down half ass, but but he he rolls with the punches real well, and he'll stand flat footed right in front of the guy and not take a lot of shots. So um, um I think he's gonna win. I think that he's uh more. I think he's, at this point he's he's has a better gas tank he's he's more well-rounded or or just as well-rounded and i just think he has more heart i think that that, that musasi's heart's never really been questioned whereas vitor's has a few times so i'm going with musasi for sure albert morales first of all i'm offended whenever i see that fight you know between uh chris weidman and vitor man because you know, he is a Carlson Gracie. You know, he's like Carlson Gracie's stepson or, or adopted son or son-in-law or something like that, man. He kind of, you know, separated. I'm a Carlson Gracie bulldog for life, man. And and, and he kind of let us down there. But on top of that, dude, I hear nothing but bad things about him anyways. So I I, I never root for him, I, you know. Um, so, yeah, yeah, no, nah, dude. I, I my, my, my professors know him. Like, they, they said, like, man, he, 
you know, it's funny. We talk about his heart all the time. We, we talk about, yeah, he's good. He's got that Vitor flurry. He's got that. But as soon as things don't go his way, man, he comes up into a little ball and wants to get out of there. And uh, it shows in the cage, you know, he gets he gets kind of scared. So, yeah, and, and, and Gager doesn't, dude. It's the complete opposite. Gager's a freaking warrior, man. I love him. I love his style. I love how much, how like you said, the Dutch kickboxing style. And I love his ground game, man. He's so well-rounded. Um, it just sucks, you know, like 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 we were spoke about earlier. Like you know, he had to go through his 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 his, uh, his journey, and now he, I, I believe he is. He you know he's he's set to fight for at least you know a shot at the belt. You know, I think he deserves it, man. I don't I don't see anybody else, and you know I root for him all the day all all the time. Um, I love his style, and he's just a beast, dude. I, I, he's just he can beat you anywhere, and uh, I think Vitor can only beat you. He can beat you anywhere, but he'll beat you in like that that little blitz that he has, or. A lucky submission. Right, I'm going for a gay guard. Sean Carey? Yeah, as as long as Vitor's been around, you know, he's he's always been great. And then even past the TRT stuff and past the steroid stuff, he's actually a little surprising to put up a better fight in a couple spots than we thought. But in that Jacare fight, he just looked like he did not want any of that at all. He pulled guard. He couldn't pull the trigger. Uh, the reflexes are not looking there. You know, this could finally be the end, and it's a terrible ending when you got to go up against this in particular, Gregard Musashi. He's fucking surgical right now, and he's made of stone. And there's no way that Vitor can take the physical beating that he put on on that Musashi put on latest, but that mental beating, that jab, that super hard jab. It's the most important weapon in MMA and the most underutilized weapon in MMA, that thing can mm-hmm. smash your face. It's not just like just boxing. That jab is fucking deadly. It sets up everything and it just completely takes everything out of the other guy mentally. He just freezes because he doesn't want to walk into that. And now you've got a guy who froze on his own and pulled guard against somebody who was definitely going to pound him out from there. So now he's got to face that jab. He might have a flurry in him, and even if he hits uh, Musashi with the flurry, maybe that doesn't do enough. Uh, Musashi, hard jab, leg kicks, takedowns, ground and pound, turtle, stoppage. (laughs) I like it, man. The main event of the evening. Holy shit, this one's been a long time coming. Michael Bisbing's minus 245. The comeback on Dan Hendo is plus 205. Now, obviously, we all got so much respect for both of these guys. But, man, Michael Bisbing, I mean, he's so inspirational. You know, this dude's had every setback imaginable. I mean, the Dan Henderson knockout. Let's just start with that. You know, that seemed like a a career changer. You don't come back from a knockout like that. And it didn't stop there. I mean, he had the setback to Vitor, to Vanderlei, to Chael, to Luke Rockhold, and he still said, I want to be the world champion. He didn't let any of that affect him, and now he's holding that belt, man. So, you know, Michael Bisbing, uh, I just got so much respect for that guy. And Dan Hendo, obviously a legend. With Dan Hendo, okay, we got to look out for the big right hand. We've always had to look out for the big right hand, but now he is slowing down. He's He's 46 years old. The wrestling isn't there anymore, so we don't have to worry about takedowns. We just got to worry about the inside leg kick to set up the big right hand. And, you know, in, if you watch their first fight, I mean, Bisming isn't even that same guy anymore. You know, he'd circle to, to Hendo's power hand and he'd exit the pocket with his chin up in the air and all this shit. I, that's, that's not the guy we see anymore. The guy we see now, firstly, he was always criticized for having pillow fists. You know, he, they said he didn't have any knockout power. Well, now he's sitting down on his punches and in back-to-back fights... He dropped Anderson Silva, and he knocked out Luke Rockhold. So 
it's kind of funny. Dana White always said, you know, if Michael Bisping had knockout power, he'd be the champion. And Michael Bisping always said, if I were to compete on an even playing field, I'd be the world champion. Well, now he's sitting down on his punches, he's knocking dudes out, and he's on an even playing field, and he's the world champion. So it came true for him. And in this spot, man, he's going to get revenge. You know, he said that he's looking for a left high kick. I know that Vitor was able to land that twice on Hendo. And the reason why is because, I mean, so Hendo, he cocks that right hand, but he really keeps it at around his chin. So basically his jaw, his temple, all that's wide open for the left kick. So I definitely see uh, Michael being able to land that. But, hey, if that doesn't land, I see the left hook landing, the left hook, the same left hook that knocked down uh, Anderson and Luke Rockhold. I mean, if that doesn't work, I see a right hand landing. Bottom line, man, I think Michael's going to get him out of there. And I don't think this fight's going the distance because if Michael doesn't get him out of there, maybe Dan can land the big H-bomb. You know, it is his last fight. He's got to be motivated. But bottom line, man, you know, I, I think his last hurrah was against uh, Hector Lombard. I was at that fight, and, I mean, dude, it was in L.A. The crowd was just going crazy because it was, you know, Hendo's return to California. It was unbelievable. He had a rough first round, and then he came back, and he – Finish Hector Lombard. I thought he should have retired on that note. Now that, that it's my place to say when a fighter should retire because it's not. But hey, you got the title shot, and that's badass. Great fight. We're going to get to see Bisming's redemption here. I think Bisming puts him away in the first round via strikes. What do you think, Vic? Well, this is a tough fight for me. <laughs> I get like, you know, I, I, I'm a huge Dan Henderson fan. I've watched this dude since the really a big fan of his in the pride days. I was a big pride fan. I used to watch, I used to, when I, I remember I lived out in the country and I was real poor and I had no cable, but I had about, about 30 pride DVDs. And I would just watch them over and over the same videos. <laughs> watch them over and over. And I've seen so many of Dan Henderson's fights and I love this dude. And then, I, but I'm a big Bisbing fan. I know a lot of people aren't, but it's just like this documentary they put on him the other day that UFC presents, I, I thought was very good. It's just like I mean, it, it go. It's such an inspiration to see someone like that who's just been beat, been not just been beat, been like brutally knocked out multiple times to come become a world champion. You know, and he is right. I agree with what he says. You know, he said uh, if I had even playing field, uh, it's starting to show. A lot of these 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 little steroid you know dudes are starting to look like shriveled up grapes now. And it, you know, it's it's good for us who's been clean the whole time because it, it's ridiculous seeing some of these guys like it's like I know we always make that joke about Eric Silva. I mean, the dude the dude used to be, now he looks like a shriveled up grape every time he fights. You know, and it, it's crazy to see some of these guys you know off the juice and. Um, uh, this thing is definitely proved, and I man, I want Dan Henderson to win. Though I do want him to win, I just, I just wouldn't put my money on him. I mean, God, I would be the happiest person alive if he did win, but I, I do have to go with Bisbing. But I so hope Dan Henderson wins. Yeah, I feel you on that, man. And I went big on Bisbing, but I mean, as a fan, you know, I would be, you know, I would smile to see Dan win because it's Dan. But man, I got to go with Bisbing. Who you got, Morales? I got Bisbing all day. Um, 100% biased, but even unbiased. Um, I just, um, this being, I just feel like he has another fireman, and I think it's like, like you said, he's such a inspiration. He's so motivational, man. To to come back from a loss that that devastating, man. People don't come back from, especially a knockout as that as that was, man. You know, especially all the, you know, we seen, you know, what happened to Ronda. You look how long, how long it took her to come back after, you know, talking all that stuff and then, you know, getting beat up the way she did. And then, and, and, and the count, you know, got knocked out, you know, countless times, dude. And, and that one was just ridiculous, dude. 
after all the crap we saw him, he, he's got a lot of balls coming back. And not only did he come back, he came back and did what he said he was going to do. He became a champion, a world champion. Um, I think he, you know, he believes in destiny. I believe that this is his destiny. I believe that he's going to come out there and knock this dude out. I see it, you know, it, it's either the count finishes him or, you know, I don't, I don't see Dan having the gassing to go five rounds. So, and, and we, and I think, uh, the count does, the count looks like he's in shape. So I'm going for Bisbing all day. Um, I hope he finishes him, but if it goes three rounds, you know, I, I don't see it go past three rounds. Sean Carey, man, the floor is yours, buddy. I know you got a strong opinion on this one. Yeah, absolutely. There's no more information about any matchup available in the UFC than, than there is on this fight. Not only have they fought each other before, but one guy's got a fucking 20-year track record. I mean, the other guy's got a 15-year track record. You know everything that you need to know. You've seen the progression of both these guys the whole time. Um, you know, I love both these guys. Hendo, he he does look awfully old and rickety, and and honestly... He's been getting hurt or knocked out in, in, man, who knows how many fights in a row, maybe six. Um, but that right hand is not slow, and that right hand can knock anyone out when it, when it lands. And he does have little techniques to set it up, that inside left uh, low kick to that straight right hand. He covers it with a jab, too. Like, he's slick. He's got a deep bag of tricks. He knows everything that there is to know. Uh, but the chin is gone. He's super old. Um, you know, he he doesn't have the cardio to go five rounds. It, it's going to be a major problem in this fight. The intangibles in this fight, the revenge, the Bisbing in England, the the title defense, it, it's just too much. It's a huge, huge hill that this guy has to climb. Um, on the other hand, Bisbing seems like he's been getting better over and over and over again. He sits down on his punches. He's more comfortable in the pocket. His footwork is good. He's definitely uh, has, has the cardio for five and, and always has, uh, you know, and finally, finally some power, finally some power. So if Perillo is a boxing guy, I, I think the plan is forget about avoiding that right hand. Let's keep that right hand home. Let's throw left body kicks left high kicks and left hooks and make Henderson keep his right hand home and protect himself from all those shots and, and not worry about it coming off. Worry about what you're doing to him. Those shots will mount up it, left hook, get close, stay in the clinch, beat up that body with knees, stay far away, kick him with uh, body, uh, left body kicks, make him keep his elbow trapped, not throw the right hand. And Henderson's reflexes are not there to see those shots and counter He's he's gonna counter one out of three times maybe, and and he's he's not gonna land, and that volume is gonna pile up and pile up and pile up, and I think you're gonna see kind of a Kung Lee style stoppage maybe around the third round because I do think uh, Bisming's gonna want to put some body shots in the bank and 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 stay a little careful. Um, I don't know, Bisming just just too much, man, and in England. He, he's got to win this, and he, he's got to win it by knockout. That's the way I see it. But on the other hand, Henderson, he's kind of convinced me now that this is his last fight. And it's probably not the most popular opinion, but I think this probably is his last fight. So he's going to go for it. This is going to be a fun one, but he just doesn't have the reflexes or the chin to deal with this. Uh, I think Bisming's going to knock him out probably late second, early third. Like it, man. Yeah. So you actually think he's going uh, into the second and third? Interesting. Musasi really 
showed how you beat this guy because like you mentioned, you know, his reflexes are a bit slower and you know, he loads up on that right hand now and in that Musasi fight, it was super telegraphed as he was uh, leaning back with that right hand, that's when Musasi caught him with his own right hand and uh, put him down, man. And that was a beautiful counter. I think Bisming could do something similar, man, because he's a, he's a really good striker. He's very underrated. and uh, You've got to make him keep it home. You know what I'm saying? You've got to make him keep that right hand home to protect himself. So you've got to keep throwing on that side. That's what I think. Then you can then you can get in the clinch and throw knees, or then you can go left and, and throw that same shot that he hit Rockhold with. Something like that. But keep throwing on that side. He'll keep it home. He won't throw it. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's definitely good for sure. I'm you know, thinking about maybe keeping your hand up, take it, and then fire back with straight, man, like a straight left, and then fire back whatever the hell you want. Because um, like, I like to like fire off of hooks straight right. So maybe maybe off that overhand, you just take it, eat it, you know, with your hand up and just get ready to fire back. But keeping it up is a way better idea, man. Just, that's a, yeah. Just not even take anything, man. That's a great idea. We got to talk about the fight to watch and the fighter to watch. So first up, the fight to watch for UFC 204. Sean Carey, what is it, man? Oh, it's got to be Bisping versus Hendo. I mean, this, like, honestly, despite my breakdown of this fight, doesn't it seem like with the way that this fucking story is gone and the way that Bisping got the title... Isn't it? Wouldn't it be the most UFC thing ever for for Hendo to come in and knock Bisping out again brutally in England? Isn't that the crazy way that this, these stories end? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. wouldn't that be fucking spectacular? I don't want that to happen. I'd rather have Bisping win, but but damn, that is the kind of shit that happens. So this fight, whatever you say about you know him not deserving it, and he kind of does deserve it, man. He's been entertaining us and fighting his guts out fucking ever he if anybody deserves it it's him and if anybody deserves to hold that title and defend it in england it's bisbing this is a great fight just have fun with it don't worry about who deserves it uh musashi's the guy who comes in and takes the belt and holds it anyway so they're both screwed but yeah, yeah this is the fight this is fun man it's fun james vick what's the fight to watch besides the main event man yeah, I, I want I want to see Musasi Musasi Vitor. I, I, I like I said I'm I'm a huge Musasi fan, and um, I just I just he he he's never in a boring fight. I mean he he if people don't press him he he might you know he because he can literally beat people with just a jab, but I think that um, really the only boring fight I've ever really watched of his was the Latifi fight, and that was just because. Latifi took the fight on such short notice and wouldn't commit to him. But I think stylistically, matchup-wise, I, I'm always a Musashi fan. I think it's a good matchup. It could, it could be fireworks. I think Musashi's going to slowly creep forward, and Vitor's going to try to counter and then blitz. And I think it's, uh, that's a fight for me to watch. Albert Morales, the fight to watch, man. Fight to watch. For me, other than the main event, is going to be Yuri versus One, uh, one Punch. I'm just excited to see two legends go at it, um, and and you know pick their brains apart, see how they're going to go at it, and I and I I just know how it's going to go. I know these guys are going to come out swinging and 
flying and stuff, and I'm just excited for it. It's going to be a good fight. It's definitely going to be, I, I'm hoping it's going to be fight of the night. My fight to watch is Albert Tumenov versus Leon Edwards. I mean, it's striker versus striker, like we already said. No matter the outcome, it's going to be a very exciting fight. And, you know, I'm curious to see how Albert uh, rebounds from that setback to Gunnar Nelson because, you know, when great fighters take setbacks, they come back hungrier. That's just the bottom line. I think Tumenov's a great mm -hmm. fighter, so I expect him to come back hungrier. And uh, Leon's no slouch at all. So that's my fight to watch. Now we got to talk about the fighter to watch. So Sean Carey Tattoo, who is the fighter to watch for UFC 204, man? It's Musasi. It's Musasi putting Vitor into retirement with this fight. This, after this, you know, this is a foggy title picture in this division. It's about to get a lot less foggy because you're not going to be able to, to, to say that Musasi doesn't deserve it with his resume and everything that he's done despite the one Uriah Hall setback. He looks better than ever. He's talking more. He's, he's meaner. He's more aggressive. He's got all the tools. He can beat anyone in the division in almost any way. You, you have to give it to him. And after he looks super impressive this time out, it's going to be hard to deny that. Um, I see him talking back and forth with Brunson. Uh, in my opinion, he's past Brunson. He needs title shot next or one more guy than title shot next. Musasi looking super good Saturday night. James Vick, the fighter to watch, man. Musasi. That's, that's I'm tuning in the whole card just to watch him. Um, yeah, he like like he just said. Um, he is he he wins this fight. I think he's going to turn around and you know he's he's what what is Vitor rank? Vitor's ranked fifth, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. After this, he's going to get one more win, and then I, you know, and then he will have you know he he'll, he'll be in good line for a title shot. He, you know, he beats Vitor, the number fifth ranked guy, and then the, the sky's, you know, the limit for him after he wins one more fight after that. I mean, those those top guys are very rough for him, you know, the, uh, as good as he is. You know, obviously, to me, Yoel's probably the home team for him to beat just from a style standpoint. Um, I think Musashi could do, you know, obviously, I think Musashi would beat Bisbee if he fought him. Um, uh it's but styles make fights, uh, you know. But I'm definitely excited to see to see what's happening. Albert Morales, who's the fighter to watch for UFC 204? The fighter to watch for a performance has got to be you know either Michael Bisping or Endo. But the fighter I'm excited to watch or I'm doing to watch is going to be Leon Edwards to see if he, how he deals with the pressure. Even though I am going for Albert, I just want to see if he can uh, figure it out. So that's who I'm excited to watch. Definitely. Now, my fighter to watch is Mirsad Bektik. Look, a lot of people are touting this kid to be a future world champion. I want to find out firsthand. And, I mean, he's coming off an ACL surgery, as we mentioned. He's taking on a short-notice opponent. I want to see how he deals with this kind of pressure in this spot, opening up the pay-per-view for a big card like UFC 204. My eyes will definitely be on uh, Mirsad Bektik in this spot. I'm curious to see how he performs. Now, guys... I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's been a pleasure. This was the 100th episode of Half the Battle. Holy shit. Here's to a couple hundred more. James Vick, first fighter I ever had on Half the Battle. Now you're with me 100 episodes deep. I appreciate it, my man. Let the audience know what's up, man. What's up, guys? Um, I am uh, currently nursing some injuries. I can. It's crazy. It's a weird injury. It's an elbow injury. And it's really like severe chronic tendonitis, like the golfer's pitcher's elbow. It's probably like the worst case you've ever seen in your life. It's weird because there's some things I can do and I can go hard, but other like I can't grapple very much. 
hardly ever. And really, I haven't grappled much. Only drilled in the last months. But I can, but I can strike. I can, you know, obviously kick and that is the elbow. But I'm uh, so I'm nursing these injuries up. And then uh, next month, I'm going to go to Thailand and train at Phuket Top Team for two and a half weeks. And then um, hopefully know something by the end of the year, what type of uh, opponent and, and uh, date. I'm hoping the UFC comes back to, to Dallas, Texas, maybe like in February, February or March, like they had the last few years, and I can, I can fight at home. That's what I'm hoping on, guys. Awesome, man. Definitely going to be tuning in for the Texecutioner's return. And have fun in Thailand, man. That's going to be real badass. Yeah, I've never been before, so uh, – you know, I got hooked up. It's you know, a perk of being in the UFC is really all I have to do is paint for my plane ticket, and now I'm gonna get over there and everything else will be free for me. And then it's so cheap over there as it is. I'm excited. I've never been there, so I hear it's great. Watch out kids. for those lady boys. <laughs> <laughs> lady boys. Albert Morales, man. Thanks again for the time, brother. Let the audience know uh, where to follow you and anything else you got coming up, man. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter, Instagram. It's uh, Al Warrior One Three Five UFC. Uh, Warrior One Three Five UFC. Uh, it's the same all around. You guys can follow me on Snapchat and check that out. I do a bunch of crazy stuff. You know, I just moved into my new spot. You know, although I got, I feel, you know, I know I got whatever happened during that fight. I still made a little bit of money, so I was able to get out the gym and get a spot. So I'm super thankful for that. Um, as far as far as fights, um. You, Guys, shout shout out on Twitter. Say who you want me to fight, and I'll repost them. And hopefully, Uncle Dana checks it out, man. Because we all know that we all know, um, you know, the warrior comes to the fight. So I'm just ready to come out there and just keep beating the crap out of these dudes. Hopefully, they actually fight me instead of run away. <laughs> um, uh, as far oh yeah, James, uh, I got something for your elbow, dude. I'll, I I tend to like just pucker my lips and give you a kiss on the elbow, and it, for some reason, dude, it, it goes away. It's, uh, my, my, my mom. <laughs> At this point, I'll do anything. <laughs> All right. Um, no, no. Just, yeah, you guys can just follow me and just uh, look out. Just re- you know, retweet whoever you guys want me to fight. Oh, that Cisco Rivera fight probably won't happen just because the fact that me and my – he's like my manager's – he's one of my manager's favorite guys, and I'm one of my manager's favorite guys, so that's probably not going to happen. But keep shouting him out, man, because you know, we're, we're both badasses, and we'll probably cry to, to our manager and beg him to let us fight. So we'll see what's up. Hey. Thank you guys for having me on the show, and happy birthday to the show. Thanks, man. We still want to see you fight uh, Anthony Burchak, man. I'm going to campaign, campaign for that one. Oh, we all know that one. That, that's that's going to happen for sure. Yeah. That's going to happen for sure, man. And, and and he's with it. I'm with it. That's going to be fireworks for sure. We're coming for that fight bonus money, and we're coming to, you know, we 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 both got one thing in mind, and that's the title. So that's it. Also, I know I've been on the show several times, but my Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all that is James Vick MMA, if anyone doesn't know. All right. Yes, sir. James, thanks again, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you. You got it, man. Peace there out, you. Albert. All right. Sean Carey, is it me and you now? Yeah, it is. Leading off the card, we got the newcomer, Mark Diakis. How do, how do you pronounce this guy's last name, dude? Do you know? Diakesi? I thought it was Diakesi, yeah. Okay, Mark. But that's a toughie. <laughs> Mark Diakesi, he's minus 225, and the comeback on Lucas Sayeski is plus 185. Now, Mark Diakesi is no slouch at all, man. I mean, 
You know, he's a good British striker. He can knock dudes out. He's athletic. And obviously, I was wondering how his grappling is. And then I saw some videos of him suplexing dudes. So he's not half bad there either. I haven't really seen him off his back. So I don't know how he is. But he is undefeated. So, I mean, I'd assume uh, he can handle himself against a guy like Saevsky. Saevsky, you know, he's tough. He's durable. But, uh, man, this is on a week short notice. I wonder what kind of shape he was in when he got the call. It could be the classic letdown spot because, man, Reza Madadi was a really good matchup for uh, Diakesi, in my opinion. I thought uh, Mark was going to go out there and finish Reza. And he might finish uh, Lucas Saevsky as well, but I think it's a bit of a tougher matchup. I just don't know what kind of shape Saevsky's in. But I'm going to go with the newcomer here, man. I'm going to go uh, via stoppage as well. What do you think? Oh, yeah, he looks to have the goods, but we've been in this spot so many times, especially with a British dude, you know, I, you can't really tell, you know what I'm saying? But he's got all these big, explosive, powerful moves, which are, which are great, but those guys are usually front runners and they fall apart. But this fucking guy, we've seen him go rounds, you know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't, he doesn't give up, he doesn't seem to change too much as the fight goes goes on, he doesn't seem to weaken, and then... You know, what about the grappling? Well, we've seen the grappling, too. He, he's super athletic. He's explosive. He, he, he looks pretty goddamn good. But, you know, it's it's that thing. Who has he really fought? Uh, this is his debut. You know, bright UFC lights. Who knows? Uh, he's, he's got a way better matchup than he did, in, this, in, in my opinion. Uh, Sayeski just just keeps on just faltering and and just making terrible mistakes in there and and looking goofy over and over again the things that he was supposed to be good at he just doesn't seem to be too good at it uh the hind fight was a big eye opener because his he he looked lost out there for certain parts of this fight so if he's going to go out there and and look lost like that i expect this new guy to, to knock the shit out of him and probably finish him but if he can put it together, he can grab his back. He can backpack him for a little while, get top control, stay there for a while. Who knows what Diakesi's, uh sub-defense is like. It's, you know, it's a debut fight. This guy looks to have the goods. I'll sit back and watch and, and see what happens. And finally, in the bantamweight division, we got Davey Grant. He's minus 185, and the comeback on Damian Stasiak is plus 160. Now, Listen, I'll just go ahead and say this. If Mark Goddard is refing this fight, then go ahead and bet the house on Davy Grant because clearly Mark Goddard is Davy Grant's biggest fan. And if you don't know what I mean, go back and watch uh, Davy Grant versus uh, Cheeto Vera. Yes, Davy Grant did win that fight, but uh, it's pretty. Uh, he had a, he had a little bit of help from the ref. Let's just put it like that. Now with Stasiak. I mean, he's no slouch on the ground, man. I mean, you take this guy down, and then all of a sudden he's attacking with uh, Uma Plata's. You give up your back, and he'll happily take it, get both hooks in, and choke you out. So Stasiak's no slouch on the ground, but I think that Davy Grant is a lot bigger than him. I don't think. I know. He's got the size for sure. And, uh, man, I mean, Davy's been impressive. Even back on tough, you know, he was known for his hands. But then that last fight with Cheeto, he showed off that he can grapple as well. And uh, with this fight being in the UK and the help of Mark Goddard, I got Davy Grant winning the thirty twenty seven here, man. I've I've got Grant too, but this this fight to me, as far as being confident about Davy Grant, is is the biggest head scratcher that I've that I've heard people. You know, I like Davy Grant this much, and I I don't see it. Like with this sports, fucking crazy, and with this layoff and these injuries and what we've actually seen from these guys. You can confidently tell me that that Stasiak isn't a better grappler than Grant, or Grant is a better grappler than Stasiak. Who the fuck 
nobody knows. And even at this point, is he injured? You know what I'm saying? Like, is he? What's that layoff like? Who who knows? Like, neither of these guys has shown me anything. Really, they're kind of similar in, in a lot of ways. I don't see any huge discernible difference. That doesn't mean Grant won't go out there and finish them, but don't be surprised if this is super competitive and and, and uh, Stasiak can can keep control of, of Grant. I wouldn't be surprised at all because who really knows at this point? So, you know, let's find out. And then if Grant can stay uninjured and, and stick around, maybe we can see him progress. But at this point, it's just a – you know, it's just kind of a middling guy against a guy coming off a huge layoff who didn't show much before that. It's it's kind of unbettable in a way. But, yeah, sure, Grant. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either, motherfuckers. Now, Sean, man, thanks for taking the time to speak with me, bro. 100th episode of Half the Battle. I appreciate it, my man. Yay. Let the audience know where to follow you. And uh, I hear that this weekend you got your biggest bet in your betting career history. Yeah, it's double my previous highest bet. So, you know, I've been working on this one for a couple months, setting it up and staring at this the whole time before the line even came out and then been just racking up on that line since it came out over and over and over again. Um, Yeah, so big balls on this one. Uh, You know, hopefully that fucking goes well. (laughs) But I'm uh, Sean Carey Tattoo on Twitter and Instagram if you want to actually see my, you know, tattoos. But who would want to do that? Um, But, yeah, hop on. Now now is big win this weekend. Big win. At at least the 12-unit weekend this weekend. Yeah, man, I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to see you win, man. I can't wait to see myself win. And I can't wait to see you. All the listeners of Half the Battle win as well, man. So, yeah, definitely uh, check out Sean's bets, man. Because, like like he said, his biggest bet in the history of his betting career. And this isn't a guy that, that fucks around or plays games. So, uh, yeah, definitely take a gander there. Because I, I believe uh, we're all going to cash this weekend, man. So, thanks again for the time, yeah. Sean. For all the fans, old school and new, thank you guys so much. All the support means the world to me. Follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. Go to bestfightpicks.com for my plays. Half the battle can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Until the next time, let's cash these bets. Rest in peace, Josh Saman. And thank you guys again for sticking with me for 100 episodes. Here's to 100 more. Here's to 1,000 more. Thank you guys. Peace. In the ever win, clean water was only served to the fairest skin. Doing clothes, you would have thought I had help, but it wasn't satisfied unless I picked the cotton myself. You see, it's broken to raise some nests that don't touch anything in the stove, and it's written to raise some nests that come in please by more. What you want, a Bentley fur coat, a diamond chain? All you blacks want all the same thing, you still only be. followers, but I'd rather be a brick than a swallower, you see his leaders and his followers.